turning with me to the book of Ezekiel. Book of Ezekiel in chapter 20. And last week we looked at verses 18 through 20, which we were dealing and began to deal with the thought and the fact that he had given his law at Mount Sinai to the fathers. He had brought them out of Egypt, brought them to Mount Sinai, and there he gave them his law, entered into covenant relationship with them. And they rebelled. They rebelled against his law. They rebelled against God. And forsook his Sabbath. He said they polluted his Sabbath. And he was of a mind to destroy them, to utterly destroy them. But for his namesake, he did not utterly destroy the entire nation. It was only the fathers, those above the age of 20 years of age. They died in the wilderness. Last week in verses 18 to 20, we see that he gives the law to, to the children. The same law which he gave to the fathers. He gives to the children. But it seems as though he issues it in way of warning. He warned them that they must not follow in the footsteps of their wicked parents. But they must do obedience. They must follow the Lord and obey and walk in his holy word, not in the word and the customs of their fathers, which was disobedience, but in the word of the Lord. Follow the word of the Lord. They must keep the Sabbath. They must honor the Sabbath. They must come together and keep the Sabbath remembering the Lord. The Lord who delivered them, who brought them out of bondage, the one who provides their every need 
for them. Gives them that which they stand in need of. He is their Savior. <laughs> and he is their provider. He is their keeper. And they must make sure that they know the Lord. The Lord. Jehovah. Yahweh. And not as their fathers, they're as their wicked fathers who delighted in worshiping false gods, other gods, and not the Lord, not Jehovah, not Yahweh. So last week we seen that he gave them, the children, the law. This week, beginning with verse 21, and let's read verse 21 of Ezekiel chapter 20. It says, Notwithstanding, the children rebelled against me, they walked not in my statutes, neither kept my judgments to do them. Which if a man do, he shall even live in them. They polluted my Sabbaths. Then I said, I would pour out my fury upon them to accomplish my anger against them. In the wilderness. But they rebelled also. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Their fathers had rebelled, their fathers had disobeyed, their fathers had turned to false gods. Serving their own desires and their own lusts. Murmuring against God. Murmuring against the Lord. Murmuring against Jehovah. And they died in the wilderness. And now he says, says to their children, you must not do as your wicked fathers did. You must follow in my word. You must obey my commandments. You must keep my Sabbaths. But verse 21 says, they rebelled. They rebelled against the Lord, against me, he says. And they walk not in my statutes. They didn't want walk in the way of my word, according to my commandments. They did not walk. We don't have a lot of specifics, as this was 
still in the wilderness. Mount Sinai was in the wilderness. Their fathers were in the wilderness. Their fathers are dying in the wilderness. And the Lord says to the children in the wilderness, you must not do as your fathers. You must be different than your fathers. You must not walk in their wicked ways. You must walk in the way of my word and according to my commandments. You must obey my Sabbaths. We don't have a lot of specifics concerning the children and, and their disobedience, but I think if we look closely, and particularly I just want to look at a couple passages of Scripture, and if you think about the context and the timeline in which it's said, I think we can understand. Turn with me to the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers and Chapter 25. In this passage of Scripture, they're, they're getting very close to the promised land. They had come to Edom, and they have to go around Edom because they would not allow them passage through the land of Edom. And they encounter Balaam. Balak sends for Balaam, a prophet of God, wants Balaam to, to curse the children of Israel. And Balaam tells him, tells Balak that, uh, that he cannot go against the word of the Lord. He can only do what the Lord says. And the Lord blesses Israel. And Balaam cannot curse Israel. But after a few times of that and going to before Balak and Balak getting angry and a few times of that, and, and Balaam says, did not I tell you I can't go against the word of the Lord? But Balaam says, I tell you what, though. I tell you how you can get God to curse him. And you can give your daughters, Moabites and the Midianites, you can give your daughters to their sons, and you can take their daughters to your sons and intermarry, and God will be displeased with it, and God will curse them. So that's what happens. We'll come to chapter 25 and verse 1. And Israel abode in Shittim. And the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. 
and they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods. You see, and that's, that's why God didn't want them marrying the heathen. Because they would entice them to worship their gods. And the people did eat and bow down to their gods. And Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. And Moses said unto the judges of Israel, Slay ye every one his men that were joined unto Baal Peor. And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianitish woman the sight of in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand, and he went after the man of Israel into his the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the Mennonitish woman. He thrust them through with the javelin, the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. But God had brought a, a plague upon them. And they were dying because of the sin, because they intermarried, and the, just as God said they would do, they turned their hearts from worshiping the true God to worshiping idols. Now, the point of this is they're, they're getting very close to the promised land. Aaron has already passed off the scene. And Moses is getting close to being taken up into the mount and God burying him there. What's that say? <laughs> that says that their fathers, the ones that are alive now, their fathers have died in the wilderness. And the children remain in the wilderness, having received the law and commandment of the Lord, not to do as their wicked parents had done, but what do we find them doing? We find them intermarrying. We find them being idolatrous. 
worshipers. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. In very, this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 31 is very close in time setting. But Deuteronomy chapter 31 in verse 27. Where we read, For I know thy rebellion and thy stiff neck. Who's this spoken to? Again, Moses is about ready to, to leave the scene. Joshua has been chosen to, to be the leader of the people when Moses is gone. So this is being said to the children of the fathers. The second generation. The ones that were 20 and under when God pronounced judgment upon their fathers. And now, after nearly 40 years of wilderness wandering, they're taking the place of their fathers. And we read here, For I know thy rebellion and thy stiff neck. Behold, while I am yet alive with you this day, ye have been rebellious against the Lord, and how much more after my death? Moses says, says I'm, I'm yet alive, and you have been rebellious. It could have said, just like your fathers were to this day. And he says, and I know you will be after my death. Because you have been before my death, you will be after my death. And what do we find in the book of Joshua in chapter 7? Yes, Moses is, is passed on. He's off the scene. Joshua has become the leader. They're getting ready to go in the land, and, and they go into the first battle, and, and the children of Israel disobey the Lord. You say, oh, but that was Achan that disobeyed the Lord. Yes, but God charged the whole nation of Israel. Chapter 7 and verse 1 of Joshua. Children of Israel sinned against the Lord, are the words there in that verse. Taking the accursed thing. These children, they disobeyed God's word. They violated, polluted, profaned, and defiled his Sabbaths. They disobeyed his commandments and they defiled his Sabbaths. So the last part of verse 21 in our text, we have God's judgment against them. Then said I, the last half of verse 21, Then said I, I would pour out my fury upon them to accomplish my anger against them in the wilderness. 
to complete, to fulfill my anger against them in the wilderness. He's going <laughs> to destroy them too. He executed his justice, just as he had said a few verses up against their fathers, and his wrath, his discipline throughout the wilderness wanderings. Well, we'll come to verse 22. And it reads just like with their fathers. Nevertheless, I withdrew mine hand and wrought for my name's sake the plague in Numbers 25 was stayed. <laughs> Because Phineas, the high priest, slew that out and outright sin of the man of Israel and the Mennonitish woman. Nevertheless, I withdrew mine hand and wrought for my namesake that I should not be polluted, that it should not be polluted in the sight of the heathen, in whose sight I brought them forth. <laughs> you see, God didn't, God honored his, his name. God's name is honorable. God is God of Holiness, righteousness. He's God of justice too. Righteous judgment. He withdrew his hand. He vindicated his name by not utterly destroying them. He withdrew his hand of judgment from destroying them utterly? The pronounced judgment we find in verses 23 through 26. That which he will do. Verses 23 through 26, that which he's going to do. He said, I lifted up mine head hand unto them also in the wilderness that I would scatter them among the heathen and disperse them through the countries because they had not executed my judgments but had despised my statute and had polluted my Sabbaths, and their eyes were after their father's idols. 
Wherefore, I gave them also statutes that were not good, and judgments whereby they should not live. And I polluted them in their own gifts, in that they caused to pass through the fire all that openeth the womb, that I might make them desolate to the end that they might know that I am the Lord. He's speaking specifically to their idolatry, their, their worship of the, idol, of, of the idol Moloch, which was the god of the Moabites, which we read to you in Numbers 25, was taking place when the plague came upon them. So God pronounces his judgment, what he will do upon them. He would remove and exile them from the promised land because they disobeyed his commandments, violated the Sabbath, and worshiped idols. We find all that in verse 24. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 28. And verse 64. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 64. And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from the one end of the earth, even unto the other end. And there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. And among these nations shalt thou find no ease, Neither shall the sole of thy foot have rest. But the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart. What's a trembling heart? Is that not a fear? And failing of eyes. Sorrow of mine. And thy life shall hang in doubt before thee. And thou shalt fear day and night. And shall have none assurance of thy life. In the morning thou shalt say, Would God it were even. And at even thou shalt say, 
Would God it were morning. For the fear of thine heart, wherewith thou shalt fear, and for the sight of thine eyes, which thou shalt see. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships by the way whereof I spake unto thee. Thou shalt see it no more again. And there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bond for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man, and no man shall buy you. This is this is God's pronounced judgment upon the disobedient. This is what He's saying to the children. Be, <laughs> they, 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 they come, they're just about to the point of, of going in to possess the land. And this is God's pronounced judgment upon the disobedient, those who rebel, those who don't obey his word. He would give them over to their lust, to worthless customs and laws of the world. Think about that. Give them over to the ways of the heathen. And they would even fear the heathen and trembling. Have you ever been in such fear that, that you, you, you would to God that it were mourning? Or that you were in such fear that you would to God that it was evening? You been there? What he said would be concerning these. He would allow them to become defiled. Defiled through their religious works. Through their religious worship. False worship, idolatrous worship. They would become just like the nations that they left, the nations around about them. They would be mixed with them, mingled with them. They've offered their children and sacrifice to idols. Verse 26. In other words, <laughs> what it boils down to is you're not going to be able to tell a difference. You're not going to be able to tell a difference between them the people of God, the chosen people of God. He chose Israel to be his people. 
to be a separate people, to be a peculiar people, to be a different people. He gave them his laws to govern their walk so that they would appear different. They rebelled. So now they're going to become just like the nations, the heathens round about them. You're not going to be able to tell a difference between the heathen and between the Israelite because they're going to be doing the same practices. Think about this. This is an example to us. We're to be different. We that are saved, we that are born again, we that are God's children. We that are members of one of the Lord's churches. We are to be different. We're not to be like the world. you know what? The designers of the world, they set the fashion for the world. And you know what Christians do? They buy into it. And they fashion themselves just like the world. If that wasn't bad enough, many, many of us act, act as do the world. Turn with me the book of John. The book of John. Chapter 15, verse 14. Jesus said here to, to his church, the 11 apostles, he said here, ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Verse 16. You've not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. 
We're to be bringing forth fruit unto God. We're to be bringing forth fruit unto the Lord Jesus Christ, our friend, our Savior. He's not pleased with worldly fruit, fruits of the world. He's not pleased with his people looking like and acting like the world. These things I command you, that ye love one another. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, if ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world... He's chosen us out of the world. We're not to be of the world. We're not to be like the world. We're not to look like the world. We're not to act like the world. We're to be different. Yes. Being different, being the way the Lord would have us to be, the world will hate us. The world will just despise us. Look at 1 John. We ought to speed things along. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are of the world. Go ahead, turn there. You see that? If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, if that is so, why do, why do we find, why do we, why do Christians love the fashion of the world? Why do they love the way worldlings act, and so they copy what the way worldlings act, and we act just like them, we behave just like them? Turn with me, book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. In verse 14. Follow. Follow. That word follow means pursue. To run after. Pursue peace with all men. And holiness. We're to run after holiness. 
not the fashion and designs of the world, not the, not the actions of the world. We're to be a separate people, a different people, a peculiar people. And that is that women are to look like women and men are to look like men. And God's word sets the standard. God's always had a distinction between men and women. He set a difference. The world wants to blur that line. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. In verse 7. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. We as Christians are to have the Holy Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit is within us. He's leading us and guiding us and directing us. And he's leading us into holiness as God is holy. And God's word defines holiness. Yes, I've been called old-fashioned. Well, you know what my response is? I'm no more old-fashioned than what God's Word is. And God's Word is alive. It's living. It's just as alive today as it was 4,000 years ago. Romans chapter 6. Verse 22. But now being made free from sin. In other words, sin doesn't have the dominion over us. We don't have to give in to sin any longer. We're free to serve the Lord. And become servants to God. We're his servants. Not the servants of the world. Not the servants of sin. Ye have your fruit unto holiness. And the end, everlasting life. You love the doctrine of election? You love the doctrine of God's choosing? Well, what was it he said in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4? According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. And most of us stop right there, don't we? Well, that verse goes on. 
that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. We're to be in the pursuit of holiness. We're to, we're to look like God's children, like God wants us to look and to behave. We're to pursue, run after holiness. But we're so busy running after the things of the world. And that's not pleasing to God. That's going contrary to our choosing, to our election. That's going contrary to our calling. Wherewith we've been called. Well, we close there tonight. 